welcome to part two of the Unlucky Frog UK Games Expo review. Once again, Ben and Josh are joined by Ian McAllister of The Giant Brain to talk about their experience of UK Games Expo. We hope you enjoy listening. Thanks. So which brings us to our final day. Uh, and uh, when we got into the expo this morning, there was one stand that uh, I wanted to make a beeline for. If nothing else, because it seems quite interesting, I really wanted to, since hearing about it, I really wanted to just try it out for myself. And this is Wizama, who have uh, made this, oh, they've brought their prototype of a uh, board game video game hybrid. Yeah. Um, now we were lucky enough to be able to sit down and give it a try. I think they actually call it a board game console, don't they? Yes. Yeah, that's that's their that's their tagline. Yes. Yeah, the first board game yeah. console. Or so uh, to to give you guys a good idea, and by all means, I'm sure you'll be able to see some pictures on the internet. Uh, basically, the console itself is a uh, square touch screen, mm-hmm. uh, which has some panels on the side. And uh, there's a little cradle uh, for rolling the dice as well. Now the dice, uh, the cradle, the panels on the side, and the cards that you use in-game all have chips in them. uh, So that the game can recognise what card is being presented or what side of the dice has just been rolled. Uh, And you've got pawns that work with the touch screen as well. So you have the sort of physical element of uh, board gaming but maybe some of the, the shortcutting and the visual flair of a video game. Yeah. Uh, so there were two things that I first immediately thought when I heard about this project, uh, which I thought, well, that could tank it. Uh, secondly, the second one is basically the price. And it should be noted, this is the first prototype that we've seen. There's a second prototype in production right now. But we're not anywhere near. Uh, we're not near a release date or a recommended retail price. So that is going to be a case of watch this space. Yeah. The first thing, though, and the most important thing, does it actually work? Because uh, I certainly remember uh, Microsoft's Connect <laughs> coming out and not being able to see people. That was a massive success. What are you talking about? But you know what I mean, right? So yeah. it's like the... Um, nice idea, but badly implemented, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, I was pretty impressed okay. uh, with uh, the functionality of it, given that it was a prototype. I think the only thing was there were a couple of occasions where um, you rolled the dice and it didn't quite register what side was rolled. But all, all uh, you did was you just picked up the dice again and just put it back in the centre of the cradle on the sure. same side, and then it eventually got it. Um, only happened a couple of times and like I say, prototypes so I'm assuming these are creases that are going to be ironed out uh, yeah. throughout its development. The, the actual games they showed us were, were okay um, Very simple are games they, Are they all developed by them or have they brought on like other companies to no, develop I think, games? I think it's or? in-house at the moment yeah. but the, they, they showed us the, the home screen yeah, uh, and it's gonna have like a, a friends list on it, as most of the consoles do. Right. Um, it's gonna have a a store, and uh, through the store you can purchase um other games, and mm-hmm. uh, you can actually purchase physical components. Okay. Uh, 
So yeah. when you when you would purchase like a digital game, would you get all the physical components you need for that game as well? Or uh, that not, wasn't not, so clear. Yeah. You could yeah. it's certainly the screen that they demonstrated. Uh, you, you had uh, and uh, you know you had all these recognizable titles. Yeah. Uh, and this was a sort of like concept of look, this is something that you know sure. w- could happen. Uh, and then separately, as separate items, you had like uh, it was a collection of pawns that were like creatures from some fantasy game. Sure. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was a neat idea. Uh, the games, uh, like like Ben was saying, relatively simple. Um, served though as a proof of concept, yeah. effectively no, demonstrated all elements that you know that the card reader was actually. Uh, I know I said that bit about the dice. The card reader was pretty flawless. As far as I can yeah, tell, no, no hassle with that. Yeah. Uh, likewise with the touch screen and recognizing where the pawns were positioned. So the card reader was reading like a QR code or something like that on each no. card. Or no, no, no. There's, there's a chip in the card, and you just hold okay. it to the okay. side of the console, and it reads it. Okay. Yeah. Which means you can you can put the the card down. The console will know what card you've selected, but your opponents won't. Right. So uh, what's their target market for this thing? Because. I, I, I got I got the press release like you guys did before the expo and I was I liked it I was not convinced. So what what they mentioned was that um, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the problems they have is uh, their their kids are the iPad generation. Sure. You know the you know the it's like the the babysitter of the twenty first century is the the iPad, right? Yeah. And they they had this problem where. They were struggling to get their kids away from their their iPads to get them interacting and being mm. sociable. So, this was dreamt up as a sort of a compromise for that. Right. Where the the iPad is still being used. You still have the the audio visual stimulation from the iPad. Right. But it's being done in a more interactive and social way. Worth yeah. noting as well, they did mention that they envisaged the final product to have speakers and each game's going to have its own little soundtrack as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, sound effects yeah. as well. And I think that's probably what the target market is going to be. Families with uh, yeah. with children. This probably isn't a product that's going to be for gamers like us because yeah. we actively like the sort of tactile physical element of tabletop but games. saying that the the thing that I, I my takeaway from it was like the, the little games like I, I, I don't I don't really see any value in critiquing the games that they showed no, us because no. as Josh said it's proof of concept yeah, rather than yeah. but the, the thing that I'd be interested to um, to see is uh, integrating the, the the board game console with a game like for instance Twilight Imperium where it's this huge component-heavy game that takes ages to set up, ages to play, and but having the board. <laughs> people do love that, but, but at the yeah, same, at the same time, it's a barrier to entry, isn't it? Yeah, I mean we're all all adults, and uh, the, the one of the shames about being an adult is uh, I very rarely get you know eight hours available in yeah. one continuous well, slot. Yeah, yeah. So, over time my collection is. Definitely decreased in length of play. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I, I barely have four or five hours to spare to put yeah. together like a game session. So this so is possibly if, a solution. Yeah. So if you had um, if you had Twilight, a game like Twilight Imperium, um, with some sort of digital integration. Yeah. You can save your game. They actually inadvertently demonstrate that quite well. One of the one of the uh, developers who's playing with us accidentally paused the game and then reset it. So all the all the progress was lost, 
But they yeah. all you did was go back into the main menu, load up your game, and it was at the last save point. So all that, all of our progress was not lost, which cool. uh, I, th- I thought was quite a funny way of demonstrating a yeah. bit of the functionality. There, there's certain well. things as well that um, that analog games can do that video games still do better. Yeah, AI is definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, you've got like the new app version of Mansions of Madness, for instance, which is basically because, yeah. like, I played the first version of Mansions of Madness, and holy hell, so setting that game up so the AI was correct was a game all in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the the new version with the app can should take mm. the can roll of the keeper is absolutely spot yeah, on, yeah. and I'm all for that kind of integration. I'm just yeah. not totally convinced by a a sort of full on console with its own set of games yeah. that's. Mm-hmm. Seven. We all know, like, there's thousands of games released every year. So, like, standing out in that crowd, and standing out in that crowd, some of that crowd who are very, very anti-technology yeah. with yeah. a piece of tech, that's going to be really difficult. Yeah. The, the maybe, lo- maybe it'll be fantastic in the end. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I think they're gonna. Have, I think they're gonna have trouble finding a, a home in that market. I, I like I said uh, right when we started talking about this. Yeah. One of the key things it is going to be price. Yeah, uh, if it's much more 100, 150, that's gonna that's gonna yeah, sink. I think. I yeah I. I can't imagine anyone wanting to spend more than 150 on a console yeah. like this. So I don't think even that's probably that's probably pushing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless, though, really nice to see some ge- like genuine innovation. Yeah, in French the team as well. Yeah. yeah. Saying, so it, it's nice again seeing people from all corners yeah. of the of of, uh, of the globe actually, because there's people from. Yeah. I think I think there were some people from Korea there. Yeah, yeah, I spoke to Taiwan Board Game Design. Uh, yeah, I, got yeah. on, I got on their games for a review as well. Uh, yeah, they were really nice folks with like lots of yeah. games. And the reason I went there is like I had heard of not them or any of their games. Yeah, so was guys, guys from the other side of the world. Guys from Greece, guys from the States, yeah. Taiwan, France. Yeah, um, I mean, Expo has become a truly international colony over the yeah. last couple of years. And yeah. I think it was last year I was speaking to like, like David Wright, who's doing Tabletop, Scot- Tabletop Scotland. And a couple of other people who had organised cons and were big players in, in in game publishing, and they were like, "Yeah, this is this has arrived. Basically, mm-hmm. this con has now arrived as a player in the con scene. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's been good before, but now it's like it's huge. This, this, this is now international. Yeah. yeah, and that means you're going to get bigger publishers and bigger. Like you've got Games Workshop as a banner sponsor this year and that kind of thing. Yeah, great. Uh, and yeah, like we said in our um, in our preview article, it is great uh, to see Games Workshop taking part in the wider community. Yeah, is it for a very long time they kind of just did their own yeah, thing and just, not really bothered with anything else. Yeah, they just didn't care. I have to yeah. say. As the Games Workshop fanboy, and as as we're trying to work through all of the stuff we raised mm. in our preview, I was disappointed in Games Workshop. Yeah, I, I was expecting to like see like uh, demos of like Blitzbolts coming late in the year, like yeah. the stuff they talked about at Warhammer Fest and their cons early in the year. I was expecting to see at least some of that on display at the very least. I, yeah, I was hoping I, I, that I was hoping um, to get like a little go of Blitzball because yeah. that really intrigues me. So mm. the only uh, really new stuff that they and, had on uh, display was the uh, the new. Um, armies for second edition Age yeah, of Sigmar, which it doesn't personally interest me, but you, I mean, you guys. I mean, it was really right, nice to yeah, see nice them, to see the minis, but yeah, the, um, I was hoping to, like they'd be like showing off like Rogue, uh, the Rogue Trader game they talked about recently, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And since you're a banner sponsor, like why not use that con to like announce something cool? I think I and, think and part, different. Yeah, I think part of the issue was uh, I think they splurged a lot of information at Warhammer Fest, which was uh, yeah. how long? Just a couple of weeks ago, That's right? True, yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I, 
I thought they would, and uh, they did. They did hold a little bit back for uh, UK Games Expo, but it would have been nice to uh, see a bit more. Well, the nice thing was though that the stand was very impressive. They yeah, had the, the cool painting area. I for was just going to say yeah. huge painting area yeah, where you know really kids cool. could rock up. Yeah, they would give you a space marine to paint, and you get to keep it. Yeah, and that's that's great. And it's. Yeah. What, what was very smart that I noticed was that in their demo area, mm -hmm. it was all their boxed games. Yeah, yeah, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, yeah. Shade yeah. Spire. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so the stand was great. A little disappointing in the lack of uh, news. I think I think they had a seminar, and the the only things that they really revealed was a, a new character for the Night Haunts would be right. awesome. Cool. Yeah, um, has to be said. You know, he's like a a sort of uh, ghostly king sitting mm. in a floating throne <laughs> okay. with two like trumpet blown heralds I, I, do, I do love the big games watcher miniatures the, the recent one they had with the guys riding the shark for the island uh, deep king yeah. I mean I, do, I don't want to buy those but the fact that those things like exist is like yeah okay yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can look at those and go wow they've literally <laughs> jumped the shark yeah. I, I, I am happy that shark cavalry is now a thing <laughs> yeah. who wouldn't be I mean yeah. who wouldn't want shark cavalry <laughs> so they, they revealed the, this new character for the the night haunt which they're they're making it there's a lot of fanfare about them uh for the, the new edition of age of sigmar and i think the, on, the only other thing was that they that they're going to do the first card only expansion for shadespire yeah oh, it seems that's seem, interesting yeah, yeah it seems it seems to focus uh on the leaders of each warband either buffing your own leader or sort of oh, debuffing cool. the enemy. I was wondering if they'd get around to doing something like that eventually. Yeah. It's, it's, such a, it's such an easy yeah. thing to expand the game, just by release a card pack, basically. Yeah. It's very, very cheap. I don't, I don't believe they do release any details of what price it is. I think if the price is anywhere between 10 and 15 pounds. Yeah, she's, I mean, they, like, I, I'm not, like I say, not massive into my miniatures game, but Shadespire was very impressive to me. Yes. It's yeah. a really good product, really well-priced, it's, yeah, it's well thought out yeah. as well. And like you say, it doesn't break the bank to yeah, get into Like a like lot the, the, of games work. The, 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 the gang boxes for them, they're really generous. And those pushfit minis are stunningly good. Do you know the nice thing is, like, uh, getting all the Shade Spire, uh, getting into Shade Spire, it's, I've actually, because of the price, it's kind of like, well, I might, might as well just buy each warband as it yeah. comes out. And now I'm getting, like, a nice collection of sort of generic fantasy miniatures that I can Yeah, use and they in. release War Scrolls for those for Sigma yes. as well, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So. yeah, or you could just use them as, like, unit champions. Yeah, yeah or, or, yeah. or you could use them in your D&D games or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I, I was so impressed by those pushfit minis, because I hadn't... Yeah. I, I hadn't walked into Games Workshop and bought a product in like 10 years. Yeah. And I, I saw Shadespire and was like, and then I went and got a demo. <laughs> I went and got a demo and I walked out 40 pounds lighter and a box of Shadespire in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Just and whistling away. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, whoops, I appeared to have fallen over and bought a Shadespire. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it fell in my hands. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the, other, the other stand I was a little disappointed with uh, was Fantasy Flight. Uh, because we didn't re we didn't get any news from them. Yeah, just, yeah. Another, just another army of volunteers with demo tables, yeah. which I, is great. I think, I think it's a problem in general for Expo. No, sorry, but, uh, a problem in general for Expo is that because all the publishers are geared towards Essen releasing or Gen Con releasing, yeah. that's when everyone releases their product. Some maybe put target the Christmas market, but effectively it's Essen and Gen Con are the yeah. two big release ones. Or if your games and workshop, they sort of take a leaf out of Nintendo's book yeah. and they don't really want to share a stage with anyone. Yeah, likewise, with, yeah. likewise with Wizards of the Coast yeah, as well. So I think, I, think game, I think Games Expo is probably always going to sit in that sort of like, we might show off some of the new stuff, but it's not the con to go to to 
really buy the new stuff because it's not yeah. there yet. Yeah. It's basically in a factory in China or on a boat. Yeah. And that's just because of the cycle of like when they have to like print those things yeah. to get into Essen and Gen Con. I mean, if Games Expo overtakes one of those, then that might change, but I think that's going to be the case for a while. Yeah, it'll the take a lot to yeah. push it. As, as the hobby levels. grows, Essen and Gen Con are just going to get proportionally bigger. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, one thing uh, that is worth saying along the lines of Fantasy Flight is that you have picked up yet another expansion to uh, Arkham Oral the card game as well. That's so, that game is so sweet. Well, yeah. I love it. It's 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 firmly one of my favourites of all time now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've been playing it for a while. I haven't played it a lot recently because I've been quite busy. But yeah, um, I finished the Path to Carcosa campaign, which you're about to start, and yeah. that like done. The core is good and like sort of shows like some basic mechanics. Dunwich, they really start to mess you, and Carcosa are like, right, pay attention now, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen next, yeah. and it's not what you expect. So the so the the Dunwich Legacy campaign was obviously all about the Dunwich horror story, yeah. which is this uh, creepy little backwater town mm-hmm. uh, where the it, it slowly but surely emerges that there's this cult to this um, malevolent god Yog uh, mm-hmm. Sothoth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is. It's quite a unique uh, setting, yeah. Dunwich. Um, I, I really like it. Thoroughly creepy. It's uh, hillbilly cultists, yeah. basically. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Um, whereas Path the Carcosa um, focuses on the King in Yellow, which don't is this. Say his name. Yeah, and don't, don't say his name. Don't say his name. Yeah, it's this evil play. Yeah, and it will. It'll take you literally worldwide. I'll yeah. say nothing else because spoilers, but it's yeah. really good. What's interesting is the King in Yellow uh, wasn't Lovecraft. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it's the extended sort of universe. Yeah, so is it, the King in Yellow's Hasta, right? We need to edit that out. <laughs> Hasta. No, no, stop. Hasta. <laughs> There's going to be a police report on Burning News tomorrow morning and no one's going to want the to next pod, The next podcast <laughs> is going to be reading Josh's eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're sad to announce. Uh, but I did pick that up. Looking forward to playing that. Yeah, but um, And the Forgotten Age has just come out. I've got that at home waiting to crack. Yeah, crack well, I, I've st- I still need to collect a bunch of the Mythos packs and I need to get the two standalone adventures. As yeah, well. if you have trouble finding them and fancy playing them, I've got them. So yeah. I could always come over with those and we could, yeah, 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 we could, we could engage, engage in some carnival action. It is worth saying that um, we're also looking to start streaming um, mm-hmm. Arkham Horror amongst other things so cool. watch this space yeah nice. yes but the and so far as the other games we played on Sunday you did manage to swing by the Paizo stand yes I can't really talk about it too much uh, well um, I got I did get a chance to play the Pathfinder playtest yep. um, so I, I, I actually didn't read an awful lot about uh, version 2 I knew it was going to be at uh, UK Games Expo and I kind of wanted to go in with no expectations yeah. but deliberately avoided yeah. any details about it uh, we got to play through uh, about an hour on uh, a level 1 campaign um, and there's actually quite a lot of changes yeah, to this Jamie had a go and said, said they changed quite a lot as well Yeah, and I quite like it so far the thing is, RPGs are huge, right? So you can only get so much of an impression at level, uh, like at, for one hour and at level yeah. one as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the real test will be at the higher levels when this, your character typically has like a million different options. In you, front you, of them. you were suggesting that it, it seems as though they're, they're trimming a lot of the fat 
really streamlining things. Yeah, I I was I was talking to Jamie about Pathfinder because I I just wonder whether because they when D and D fourth came about and like people like a lot of the community really hated D and D fourth. Yeah, I quite liked it personally, but there were a lot of people that really hated it. Pathfinder became like the alternate that was the thing that yeah. they wanted. And now D and D fifth and now D and D fifth has come in and has just exploded, and it is uh, how do they t- how do they assail that? Well, that that's the thing that like, I'm going to be interested in, in yeah, finding yeah. out. How do they get forward. on Twitch? How do they get on tabletop? How do they get that well, massive streaming that. audience that's yeah. really driven fifth edition sales? Not so much the marketing side. The thing, it, the thing I'm tr- interested in is. Why should I play Pathfinder yeah. if we've got D and D fifth edition? And also, like over the last over the period between Pathfinder being released and now, you've had a lot of other OSR clo- clones and other sort of D and D likes, and there's a mm. huge, there's a much bigger range of options than there was like five ten years ago. Yes. So there's a yeah, they really have to stand out in that market. And how do they, how do they do that? Yeah, that's well, really interesting. Well, so from my first impressions, things that I can tell you is uh, they have streamlined a lot of the combat. Uh, now, rather than having standard actions, quick actions, uh, move actions, etc., you just get three actions, sure. and everything's an action. Moving's an action. Hitting yeah. something's an action. So you can go move, move, hit a thing, or you can move and hit a thing, and then even at level one, just try hitting a thing again. You get like a big penalty to it right, okay. uh, at low levels, but you can you can give it a go. Uh, and there's a couple of different nuances Uh, a few of the other things very interestingly and apparently people uh, lost their minds about this Uh, Goblin is a core race now you can so like just down with this sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) I I love that I mean mean, we we all joke about me being the dwarf enthusiast but who doesn't love a goblin yeah yeah, I think a goblin would be super fun. I mean, to give, give people we, some options. Why not? Well, we were saying that one of the things we'd like to do is an all goblin party. <laughs> yeah, that'd be quite funny. Yeah. So uh, I think that's neat. Um, it, there's a lot of other changes as to they've simplified a lot of the skills. Um, perception's just a separate thing that everyone gets now. Uh, initiative isn't a separate stat. You roll your initiative in combat depending on what your character's been doing. So, for example, if you're the ranger that's been tracking, you roll for a survival check. Uh, whereas if you are, let's say, for example, a rogue that's been sneaking around, you roll a stealth check, and that's your initiative roll. Which I think is quite a neat thing because, you know, each fighter in combat... Like each, oh, sorry, that's an actual class. But each, each participant in combat brings something different and that's going to dictate, you know, how how quickly they get to react. Um, other changes as well. Uh, there's a, the shield mechanic slightly different now. In that, uh, what you have to do is you have to actually raise your shield as an action to use it. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and if your shield gets hit, rather than you taking the damage, your shield takes a bit of damage. And then if it takes too much damage, your shield's broken. Uh, so that and I, I got to try that. I was playing the fighter. Uh, so I was armed, sword and board, and uh, got to use the shield mechanic, and that, that felt pretty. It felt pretty good. Uh, combat felt quite smooth. Um, overall, I was pretty impressed. But like I say, only level one, only one hour. Just Need a taster, to, really. Wasn't yeah, it? just uh, so very much keen to try more of it. Now the play test officially launches August the second, and it's going to run right through until November. 
so and they're going to be collating lots of information. I'm definitely going to be taking part myself. Uh, and we were chatting to the folks at Paizo, and they're hoping to uh, release the final version in summer 2019. But of course, that entirely depends on what feedback they get. Uh, what I thought was very encouraging was uh, they, they made a point of saying to us, we really want players to stress test this. We want people to come up with bizarre characters or bizarre parties that are going to push the mechanics of the games to its limits to see where it breaks sure. and then try and make sure that we can fix those breaks. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. I see why they're doing it. I think you're, you guys are absolutely right in that the advent of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons I think has caused Paizo to reevaluate what is our place in this scene yeah. now. So um, I think this is uh, taking steps to address that. Uh, you can buy a hardback copy uh, of the playtest rules or alternatively download them for free. Uh, so uh, I'll hmm. <laughs> as as they pointed out, uh, they were just considering having free digital copies, but people are collectors. Some people are going to want absolutely. I mean, you, Tom's a great example. He's got loads of RPG books, mm -hmm. so I'm sure that's something he would like to have because it is a memento, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah. you if you're a dedicated Pathfinder fan, having a copy of the the playtest rules yeah. and then looking back and going oh this is this is what it was like before we implemented this change yeah, yeah. so it's, it's sometimes it is nice to to have those records to look back on yeah talking about narrative games i managed to get a demo of holding on the troubled life of billy care which is the new game from hub games mm -hmm. which is a game about recovering the memories of a man who is dying Oh wow! What yeah. a what a mood setter! Yeah, it's it's an interesting game. Um, I only, I, basically, it's going to be released as like a ten scenario box, mm -hmm. um, like sort of basically. Effectively, the setup is this guy has a heart attack on a flight from one place to another. I can't remember exactly where, um, and is brought into your hospital, and you are all you are effectively all hospital workers looking after this guy. And sort of trying to talk to him and like find out more about him because no one knows anything about him. He's not got any yeah. really much information about him at all. And you're sort of recovering memories with like these beautifully illustrated cards, and the backs of like sort of, so you get these sort of hazy memories that give you sort of some narrative mm. elements of his past, that kind of thing, and like sort of hints about what he's done over his life and that kind of thing. And each scenario is a little bit different. The sort of things you need to get to win the game. And you're all working together with the, the sort of pool of care, it's called. Can, can you strictly win a game where a guy is dying? Uh, I don't know, because I only played the first scenario. So I don't yeah. know if he always inevitably dies at the very end of the last scenario yeah. or not, or whether right. you can like save him. Yeah, it, it just doesn't sound like a, a scenario where anyone wins, really, does it? It sounds, it sounds very sad. It, it's it's kind of sad, but it's, it's kind of an interesting game. We, we like won the first scenario, and then I don't know what the next okay. one is. Uh, but it's, it's got an interesting little worker placement mechanic and um, sort of uh, sort of pull pull manipulation. I think when you're, when you're looking after him and yeah. retrieving memories and that kind of thing. And yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it'll really depend on what the price point is. I think it's going to be thirty five forty quid. Well, I, I was going to say I think it's only going to be. I don't know how replayable it'll be. Mm. Um, and, I, and it depends I think it depends a lot on like 
how much like the mechanics I saw in the first scenario are then repeated over the course of the scenarios. If each scenario is very samey, mm, yeah. I don't I don't know if it's got the the narrative to carry you past that possible problem. But it is it is very interesting, and it's inter it's interesting to see a company tackle such an interesting subject. Such yeah, a difficult well, subject. It's, it, it's palliative care. Yeah, isn't so, it? yeah. Well, that's literally one of the things you can do. Like each wait, wait. each round, effectively, you turn over these three cards one at a time, yeah. and you assign. Someone is the, the manager for that shift at the hospital, so they can't place their nurse down. Uh -huh. uh, you've got a couple of assistants that you can use as well, and everyone else can be placed down, uh, and they, you are effectively doing like, you're doing like sort of like palliative care or something else, I can't remember what they call it, I think, on, each, on each card that comes up. I think regardless of how good or bad the game finally is, I think it, it is interesting and encouraging to see um, designers approaching yeah, Things it's interesting. Like to, it's interesting to see the hobby maturing and, and tackling different subjects and yeah, very difficult subject yeah. as well. Like yeah, like we, well, we saw Fog of Love, which was earlier this year. Was that yeah, released? Yeah, yeah, so which yeah. Is, I think it was very tail end twenty seventeen, yeah, very early twenty. Which isn't necessarily tackling a difficult subject, but it's tackling a very different subject. Yes, like the sort of subject of relationships, that kind of thing. I haven't played it. I know you guys weren't. Totally no, I mean, again, it, it's nice to see people having a go at a subject that's a bit different. Yeah. Um, I I don't think Fog of Love was successful in, yeah. in what it set out to do. Yeah, it's certainly like a very high game, but I, I haven't played yeah. it, so I can't. I think, I think I have similar concerns about this game. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the life of Billy Kerr. Holding on the troubled life of Billy Kerr, which yeah. is a bit of a mouthful, admittedly. Yeah. So that I I've got similar concerns about this, um, yeah. because I, I I don't really know that necessarily the the, the medium. Um, I'm I'm hoping to uh, I think I'm going to be sent a pre uh, an advanced copy later in the year. So yeah, um, I'm hoping to get that played through and yeah, form a proper opinion on it. I I quite liked what I played of it. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big worker placement fan from from the mechanical side of point of view, but it was it was light enough and interesting enough mm. to keep me engaged for the yeah. whole whole game. And yeah, it's yeah, it's tackling an interesting subject, and it might be successful doing that. My my concerns, I, I'd say, could be summed up in that I I'm more concerned about the integration of theme yeah. rather than. Uh, yeah. The, it came through very well, I have to say. And certainly yeah. in the first scenario I played, the, mm. the theme was the theme was strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Worth noting, the fog of love did have were present, and boy, were they present actually, because they had a very colourful. Uh, well, the the stand just looked like a giant version of the game box. Yeah, it was kind of a cramped area. I thought they were really I... trying to cram tables in that that area. Uh, no I surprise. Passed through, I passed really. by a couple of times hoping to get a, a quick demo, but yeah. Again, it's that's been one of the most hyped games of uh, yeah. recent times. So not no surprise that that was absolutely mobbed. We've already played it, so we yeah. didn't really uh, spend yeah. any time there. No, that's fair. Uh, but uh, that was one of the other exhibitors. But uh, well, the final exhibitor that we managed to check out uh, today on Sunday uh, was Village Attacks. And really fun. We were really enjoying that. N nice one to end the expo on yeah. as well. It was mm. one that we really enjoyed. It's um, It was a bit more terror defence than I yeah. expected but it's still really fun so the, the players are cast as it's a cooperative game and the players are cast as these different um, monsters like the that the, the would be familiar to everyone the sort of classic gothic horror yeah sort of hammer horror creatures yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well you Ben was the headless horseman Charlotte was a banshee and I was a vampire 
Okay. Uh, and we, it was just one of the first scenarios, relatively small board. I picture the, you know, old Warhammer Quest with like the corridors, small rooms, big rooms, that sort of setup, all modular. And you've got waves upon waves of peasants and hunters and heroes trying to come in and just spoil your day. Okay. Uh, so you've got to ruin theirs back. Uh, <laughs> I, it is quite funny because it's like they actually have torches and pitchforks. <laughs> yeah. It oh, is great. The, the angry mob coming the, after you. The fantastic. miniatures are fantastic in the flesh. They looked great on yeah. uh, online when they were doing the Kickstarter. So very nice that the, that's been fully realised and uh, the, 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 the promise was as good as the expectation on that front. What I was not expecting, actually, given that this is... A, you know, it's a big box, lots of components, lots of minis you get in there. The game itself is quite simple. Yeah. Uh, and that's really yeah. nice, really, to be honest, particularly at the end of a very long three-day convention. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to just roll dice and smash some uh, faces. Yeah, today I was mostly doing a lot of wandering around and staring into the middle <laughs> distance. And... <laughs> uh, so uh, we're hoping to... Well, we, we should be getting a review copy of that right. uh, in due course, so we're going to uh, fully play through that and... Uh, share our opinions but again really really nice game miniatures uh at which i know aren't the be all and end all of how good a product is but they are nice yeah. do you know what i thought was a really cool touch was that they didn't just make it the angry mob um if you're really unlucky heroes actually venture into the oh, castle right, okay. yeah. and they come to slay a specific so it's character. So it's got a bit of that sort of like um, oh, dungeon keepery kind of vibe to it? A little bit, yeah. That was one of the first things I did think of actually. Yeah. So we, we had like this big guy called the Executioner come after us and he, as you'd expect, Black Hood, huge double axe and he's just a tank. Yeah. Uh, but there's loads of other uh, characters, and they all specifically want to go after one monster. Right. So, God help you if you're that monster. Uh, but really good fun, and the guy, the guys at Grimlord Games are absolutely fantastic and very accommodating. Really uh, nice stand as well. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. stand. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they actually let us play for quite a while after we should have vacated the co- the uh, the exhibition area. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were among the last uh, non-exhibitor people in the hall. <laughs> Very nice. Don't tell anyone. Shh, it's a secret. We're supposed to be there. Um, Disgraceful. Yes, I know. How dare we? How dare we? But uh, that about wraps it up. There's loads, loads of stuff that we haven't had a chance to talk about. We popped by Board Game Crate, who uh, were very interesting uh, service that they're providing, monthly subscriptions. Got a chance to chat to them. Briefly got to say hi to the likes of Mark and Bez on the press night, but didn't really get a chance to see them during the main convention. So my apologies, guys. Uh, we love yous. But we, we, we also swung by Redwell Games. Got to try a couple of their games. There's one vote me. Yes, I know you're saying you weren't. You're not too keen on party games, but mm, yeah. th- there's a bit more storytelling in this mm. one, okay, which yeah. makes it quite. I mean, I'm always like to give yeah. them a go, but they they have to be particularly yeah. good to fill my boat. We're, we're going to be doing a review of that in the future as well, uh, yeah. and the old Hellfire Club as yes. well, which uh, we, I am yet to actually play. I wandered over while Charlotte was in the middle of a game, and I wandered over to the sentence of, so I was beating up uh, Emily Bronte. 
in Buckingham Palace. I just turned around to the creator, Jamie, and I was like, is this a particularly weird moment, or is this kind of par for the course for the game? And he just went, this is par for the course. So okay, <laughs> any, yeah. any game where you get to do that has piqued my interest. I'm really looking forward to trying that out as well. Um, are we missing anyone else? Probably. Probably, but we'll be talking more about the expo and stuff we've got up to in the in the coming episodes. Yeah. So, guys, I hope you really enjoyed our extra bumper episode of UK Games We're we'll doing a swag video. We're going to do a swag video. Excellent. Damn right. We got a lot of swag. We got so. some swag, so we'll show, off, show that off uh, on our YouTube channel, so don't forget to check that out, guys. Uh, but until next time, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Ian, the giant brain, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Say bye-bye to the nice people. Bye-bye, nice people. And we'll catch you next time, folks. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming, and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. Mm-hmm.